Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Hashtag Leadership What's On Your Mind, a podcast to really make you stop and think about your leadership journey by bringing great people in to tell their story and share their perspectives on leadership. So today we are speaking to Gary Ridge. Hi Gary, how are you doing? G'day, g'day Stuart, great. Thank you, lovely to be with you. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And you're over in San Diego, so thank you so much for joining me. It's eight o'clock your time, four o'clock our time. Um, it's a privilege to have you on. Um, I've said to you we've got 20 minutes to share your story, but we can see from your branding and your colours, you're from WD, WD40 company, um, you're the CEO. So just for the people who don't know you, um, introduce yourself for me and I'll start the timer. Yeah, great. Yeah, g'day, Stuart. And hi to everyone listening in. I'm, I'm Gary Ridge. I often call myself the consciously incompetent and probably wrong and roughly right CEO and chairman of WD40 Company. And as you can probably tell by my accent, um, my homeland is not the US. I'm an Aussie. Uh, I grew up in Sydney, Australia. I moved to the United States in uh, 1994. I joined WD40 in 1987 in Sydney, in fact. And, um, and then in 1997, I got the privilege to uh, lead the WD-40 company. And interestingly enough, we've just turned 67 years old. Uh, we were, uh, the company was formed on September 23, uh, 1953 in San Diego. And the product was developed to stop condensation and corrosion in the umbilical cord of the Atlas space rocket. And in fact, our company name back then was Rocket Chemical Company. So the product came out of the space industry and a little bit of trivia for everybody, if they don't know why it's called WD-40, the scientists or chemists back then uh, were developing the formulation. There were 39 formulas that didn't work. The 40th formula worked. So they named it Water Displacer 40th Formula. Brilliant. I love that. I love stories like that because... And again, in leadership and growing your business and the amount of stories where you, it's persistence, it's consistency, it's, it's getting to that number. There's a couple of other businesses that are um, founded on and quite open and honest about the amount of times they failed, but they got there eventually. Um, so that's amazing. So guys, thank you so much for that introduction. Um, we're going to start with just a, a simple question, as we do with most, most guests. Um, whether you were aware of it at the time or it's on reflection, um, when did your leadership journey start? Well, um, you know, I can go back to really an aha moment for me. Um, as I said, I started with WD-40 in 1987. Prior to that, I'd had leadership roles in some other organizations. But when I moved to the United States in 1994 and then got the opportunity to lead the company, something became very clear to me. And the first thing that, that became very clear to me were the three most important words I've ever learned in my life. And those three words are, I don't know. And getting comfortable with I don't know was really, really a pivot for me. And um, back then the company was about a quarter of the size in revenue than it is now and about 10% about of its value because we're a, a public company. And we had a dream. We had a dream to take the blue and yellow can with a little red top to the world. At that time, about 80% of our business was in the United States. And I went, oh dear, how do you do that? So I looked around and I went back to school. I went to the University of San Diego and I did a master's degree in leadership. And that's where I met my mentor and my still very close friend now, Ken Blanchard, the one minute manager. And Ken is the 
probably the the authority and of servant leadership. And I worked out that I couldn't do this on my own. And um, I really started, I think, seriously understanding what leadership was about back then. I graduated with a master's degree and it wasn't the degree that made me a leader. It was the learning in that course that I could put to work. So, you know, I often say now, you know, imagine a place where you go to work every day, you make a contribution to something bigger than yourself, you learn something new, you're protected and set free by a compelling set of values and you go home happy. Because happy people create happy families, happy families create happy communities, and happy communities create a happy world. And my goodness, do we need a happy world. And the thing that disturbs me the most is that about 70% of people who go to work every day are either disengaged or actively disengaged. And the reason for that is the leadership. Aristotle said in 384 BC, pleasure in the job puts perfection in the work. And I'm sure you'll agree with me, Stuart, if you really like doing something, you, you're going you're gonna to do it better than if you don't like it. You know, you're a, a swimmer and an athlete. You really loved it. So you really like doing it. So our job as leaders is to create that environment where we're both tough-minded and tender-hearted, where we care about our people, where our empathy eats our ego instead of our ego eating, eating our empathy, where we're, where, there's, where we're candid with people, and that means no lying, no faking, no hiding, authenticity, showing your vulnerability as a leader, that you're accountable, so you hold yourself accountable, and you hold the people around you accountable. And the thing that's important there is what, what do you hold each other accountable for? And then responsibility. We have a responsibility for the shareholders we serve, for the customers we serve, and for the, the tribe members. We call ourselves a tribe, not a team, um, because one of the biggest desires we have in life is to belong. And that comes down then finally to what's our just cause. And our just cause is make life better at work and at home. So, you know, even though we just sell oil in a can, we say we're in the memories business. We're about creating positive lasting memories and putting that all together, you get an organization like WD40 company that, um, that has a 93% employee engagement and 97% of people say they love to tell people they work at our company. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and what a great, I talk all the time about it's the, it's the environment you create. And, and I think on my, I, I'm on, I'm two years into my journey outside what I call the military bubble. Um, but I'm amazed about how many people don't understand or see the opportunities they have to control that environment through themselves. And I talk all the, all the time about self-leadership and the, the fact that the impact you can have on others. Um, so, so that's really important. And it's great to hear a company doing it well. And um, what do you think are some of the barriers that you've had to overcome to create that environment? Well, I have an algorithm um, for, for creating a great culture, and I'll share it with you and those that are with us today. Culture equals parentheses, values plus behavior, close parentheses, times consistency. So I think the elements that you have to have in an organization, you have to have a clearly defined set of values. What are the values of the organization? Then plus behavior, what do I mean by behavior? This is where as a leader, 
if you love your people enough and you care for your people enough and you're brave enough, you will not only see the importance of recognizing when they're the great behavior and the great results, but you'll have the courage to go to them when you need to redirect them and say, hey, Stuart, you know, I've, I may, may I share something with you? I think as your coach, and, and we, we don't have managers at WD-40 Company. I think this will appeal to you, Stuart, with your athletic background. Everybody is called a coach. So you report to a coach, your direct report is the person you coach. And our responsibility as a coach is not to run on the playing field because bad coaches run on the playing field. Our, our responsibility as a coach is to be on the sideline and in the locker room, helping them develop the behaviors they need to, to have to win the game. Mm -hmm. And then we have to do it consistently day after day, after day, after day, after day, because building a great culture is simple. It's not easy. And time is not your friend. You can't take fairy dust and sprinkle it over an organization and say, now we have a great culture. I don't know about you, but when I went to school back in Australia, you know, I went to science class and they give you a Petri dish, right? And you actually grow culture in the Petri dish. And what did the science teacher tell us? Watch that Petri dish. If you see antibodies and toxins getting in there that could affect the growth of good culture in that dish. You've got to get them out or you've got to treat that to make it great. So, so leadership is a contact sport and you have to be playing that contact sport every day. Yeah. I love that analogy. I love that. It's awesome. Um, and so I, I wrote down a word when you were talking about your education, I've got this book that you'll, you'll recognize. <laughs> and this is one of the first books that I got given when I, from my father, actually, when I started looking at leadership at the early days. So it's amazing that you've had um, Ken in your story, which is phenomenal. Um, I've just written down the word simplicity because mm -hmm. it's amazing how many people I see that are overcomplicating. Um, I, I had a quick flick through this because I've not looked at it for a number of years, but I still, on, in my teachings and practice, go back to the fact of this is not a, a 600 page document. Um, it's, and I love the simplicity and the, the implementation of it because it's so easy to do and taking leadership off the page. Um, just tell me a little bit about your experience and that time when you thought I've got to go back to school and learn because from my perspective and also from, from what I see in others, it's amazing when the people who are winning out there with leadership and in business are the ones who are lifelong learners and they don't need to know all the answers. And you've alluded to that. It was being massive in your journey. What made you think about that you had to go and learn and, and keep on, let's call it the hamster wheel of if I stop at any point, it's not going to be great for the organization, you or the, or the, or the, the teams. It's funny. You should ask that. Uh, you know, when I went back to the University of San Diego and I was in the class uh, and, you know, most of the people in my cohort were people that had be, you know, been in leadership roles for a while. They all said to me, why are you here? You're a CEO. You don't need to be here. I said, that's why I'm here. I need to be here because I am the CEO and I need to ensure that I confirm what I think I know and learn the things that I don't know. 
and I need to be in a position. And that's carried on forever. I now teach at USD. I'm an adjunct professor there. And you learn so much as you teach. I teach a class on culture. Uh, actually, in the program that I went through 20 years ago, I actually do a class in that program. I've been doing it for about Brilliant. 10 years. <laughs> I teach a class at the university, uh, at UPenn. And I do other um, teaching, so that's very important. But I, I, I wanted to, to be really a, a consistent learner. And we say at WD40 Company, we don't make mistakes. We have learning moments. And that's really what's embedded in our culture. And a definition of a learning moment is a positive or negative outcome of any situation that needs to be openly and freely shared to benefit all people. And one of the things that scare people off is failure. And failure to me is irrelevant. It's what you learn from the experience. So if you think about it, you know, education is when you read the fine print. Experience is when you don't. You put both of those together and you get learning. From learning, you get knowledge. And when you put knowledge to work, you actually become wise. So I think learning is a lifelong when you stop learning you die you know mandela said i won't quote it exactly but education is the most powerful tool we can use to change the world um, and learning is the most so you know think about if we had closed minds to learning now after going through covid i have a list that i've created over the past 32 weeks of all of the learning moments i've had during COVID. The first one was, which was amazing, was in times of real and great need, people can pivot around fear. And one of those fears was going virtual. You know, we as a company on March 13th, we went virtual globally overnight. So suddenly the people we said, have a nice weekend, we'll see you on Monday. We haven't seen them in person for 32, 33 weeks. We had all this technology in our company to be virtual, but we weren't using it because we were afraid. We were afraid to show our vulnerability. We were afraid to, you know, we didn't want to be seen to not be competent. Now that doesn't matter anymore because a great need had us pivot around that fear. So it's okay now for the cat to walk across the desk or, you know, for the dog to bark or whatever when you're, uh, when you're in, involved in something. So yeah. I think, you know, I just love learning. Um, I have a sign off uh, on one of my emails that's on Encaro Imporo, which means learning I always am. Amazing. So just right back at you there, what, what are you currently learning? How, how do you still learn like right now moving forwards? Yeah, I'm involved in a number of different groups, a group with Marshall Goldsmith, the number one coach in the world. It's called MG100. We have a, a study group around that that we get together. Uh, you know, I read I read a lot. My, I have two books on my bookshelf right now. Uh, one is called um, Think Like a Monk, um, and the other is called uh, Why Are We Yelling? Um, one's about communication and the others about thinking like, I think it's Jim Shetty, I think it is. He's an Englishman, actually. Okay. Um, but, you know, I read, I listen, I, and again, in teaching uh, at school, I learn a lot because I need to do the preparation to be up to date with, you know, the information and the latest that I'm sharing with the, the people in the cohort. Yeah, fantastic. So we've only got five minutes left. I, I want to really pick your brains a little bit because our audience is, I sometimes use the analogy of a leadership ladder, and we are all on 
but this is like a, a ladder that doesn't end because right. there's no end to our leadership journey as we've just alluded to learning and developing um, right. some people who i've had the privilege of being on this podcast it, i sort of in my head in my perspective put them on a ladder at certain points and um, if people are at the lower ends of the ladder what sort of things would you encourage them to do to just go to that next rung of the ladder and to get that consistency and adding that value along the way i think the first thing is get comfortable leadership is not about you uh, Simon Sinek says leadership is not about being in charge. It's about taking care of the people in your charge. So I, I have 10 traits of leadership that I'll share with you that people might want to consider. The first one is leaders involve their people. So the number one is make sure you involve your people. Leaders are always in servant leadership mode, which means you are there to serve the people to help them step into the best version of their personal self. Leaders are competent, which means they're continually learning. Leaders are connected with a high emotional intelligence, which means get rid of the ego and, and get into the empathy. You need to care about your people. Leaders exercise good judgment. Good judgment comes from experience. Experience comes from poor judgment. So, so you need to really embrace the learning moment. Um, Leaders value contrarians. What I mean by that is you need to be comfortable taking feedback. Don't, when someone gives you feedback, don't go into a rebuttal mode in, in that dark back part of your mind where you cut off from other people. Leaders move forward and I call that pragmatic optimism. And leaders do what they say they're going to do. One of the biggest ways you can, you can destroy trust is not doing what you said you were going to do. And finally, you need to be a champion of hope um, because there is a future. This is a great world. Um, life's a gift. Don't send it back unwrapped. Amazing. That's awesome. I just want to ask you something else as well. I've been doing a lot of talking and sort of sharing content recently about the current situation and we've sort of alluded to that in this podcast um, I say about we're always encouraged to be proactive um, and, and look and project and plan and be in control um, but in the current situation I've been talking about having an opportunity mindset and mm -hmm. taking action and doing something over nothing and actually being reactive because sometimes we talk about reactive as in a negative of, of being sort of not sort of in control and you're just doing stuff. What just share a little bit about that journey that you've had in this current situation of your reactiveness. You've mentioned about going online. Was that as simple and as easy as you would have hoped it to have been? No, no, it's not easy. And, you know, uh, uncertainty is, is something that does um, in some ways restrict us, but I, I, I've learned a great, a great definition of uncertainty. Uncertainty is a series of future events that may or may not happen. Don't forget they may not happen. Secondly, you know, ask yourself this question every morning. What do I need to do to make the most significant difference I can today? You know, if, if we're going to wait to be happy, if we're going to wait for the world to be happy before we're happy, we're going to have a long wait. So, you know, be happy now. And, um, and, and I think that's important. And, and thirdly, don't try to control things that you have no way of controlling because they'll just consume your mind. So, you know, just let it go and, and focus on how you can make a difference. Ask this question, 
am I being the person I really want to be today? Amazing, I love that. Thank you so much for that. So I'm gonna hit stop on my timer because sometimes when it does go off, I struggle to turn it off. <laughs> so we won't have this moment. So I just wanna pick up on one thing that you've said about your organization and your use of creating that environment. And it's one of my big passions is about the, the use of language Mm -hmm. So you said about they're not managers, they're coaches. That, that's just one of the examples you gave. Because subconsciously, and we're dealing in the currency of people, that has a massive impact, just changing mm -hmm. one word. And, and I've experienced that and, and looking at and really empowering high performance and getting people on board those little little things make a massive impact so well it's it's like us saying we don't make mistakes we have learning moments yeah you know there's that's a difference one. and and i think you know get that gets back to something around again ego taking over people with huge egos camouflage issues with confusion to make out how smart they are yeah so, you know, dumb yourself down. You don't have to prove you're the smartest guy in the room. Just get to what it's all about. You know, simplicity is really, really a great tool. And it leads to another word that you said at the start, again, that I'm passionate about, that authenticity of just being open and honest and build that trust. And well, that's why I say, that's why I say in most situations, I'm probably wrong, <laughs> roughly right. Exactly. Gary, we could keep talking. Thank you so much for your time. Um, guys, if you've enjoyed that, please make sure that if you're watching us um, on video on our YouTube channel, make sure you hit subscribe. Our next episode comes out next week on Wednesday at 6am. If you're watching on your um, podcast provider, please make sure you hit a review and share across your social media platforms and just let us know what your added value and what your gain was from this episode. So it just leaves me to say, have a great day, Gary. Um, you're over in San Diego. You've got the whole day ahead of you. Thank you so much for your time. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Excellent. Guys, we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye.